This episode is brought to you by Wild, the refillable natural deodorant brand totally free from aluminium and parabens, whilst also being 100% cruelty-free and vegan. Lauren, I know you're particularly excited about this sponsor because during lockdown, you told me you stopped wearing deodorant and we're looking for a natural deo for your bio post-lockdown. Yes. And after trialling a lot of different natural brands, this one actually works. It smells heavenly and it's also eco-friendly with all natural ingredients. It's such a genius concept to reduce plastic because once you've ordered your aluminium case, the refills are designed to fit straight through your letterbox and are fully biodegradable. So convenient. And can we talk about how stylish the cases are? Lauren, I know you love your coral case, but I do think my leopard print case is a total vibe. And how cute that they've been engraved with our names, you know in case we forget (laughs) I'll sometimes teach a morning yoga class and then work a full day and teach another class after work and I'm incapable of walking slower than 20 miles per hour I arrive everywhere sweaty so at least now I'll smell good so good so look no further if you're looking for a way to reduce the amount of chemicals you're putting in your body then wild is a reco from us And we want to spread the love. You can get an exclusive 20% off your first wild deodorant purchase on their website, wearewild.com, and use the code WILDBOOK at checkout. Thank you, Wild. We're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. And recently, we've completely accidentally been dabbling in crime books. So today we're putting our detective badges on to discuss some of them. Spoiler free, of course. Yep, we'll be discussing Risk of Harm by Lucy Whitehouse, The Appeal by Janice Hallett, and Holly Jackson's The Good Girl's Guide to Murder series in celebration of the final book coming out earlier this month. It's been a hot crime summer, guys. recording together in the same room oh and we do have a drink each again we do and today's episode is all about our recent crime reads oh say try saying that five times jess after rose <laughs> recent crime reads 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 i am really <laughs> fucking good at tongue twisters like i'm weirdly boastful about it yeah you're very good at it now I'm, you go <laughs> recent crime reads recent crime reads recent crime reads recent crime reads <laughs> that was good that was good for me that my mouth doesn't usually you work like that the rose oh yeah it's medicinal <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's a complete accident that we have been reading so many crime reads um i sent lauren the appeal suggesting it as a buddy read and then fourth estate publishing reached out asking to send us copies of risk of harm and then the book i've been waiting a year for as good as dead came out this month and it's safe to say we loved it oh it's been a great time should we go in order of how we read them i feel like that's logical yeah good idea okay lauren hit it with the synopsis of the appeal by janice hallett Dear reader, enclosed are all the documents you need to solve a case. It starts with the arrival of two mysterious newcomers to the small town of Lockwood and ends with a tragic death. Someone has already been 
convicted of this brutal murder and is currently in prison, but we suspect they are innocent. What's more, we believe far darker secrets have yet to be revealed. Throughout the Fairway Players staging of All My Sons and the charity appeal for Little Poppy's life-saving medical treatment, the murderer hid in plain sight. Yet we believe they gave themselves away in writing. The evidence is all here between the lines waiting to be discovered. Will you accept the challenge and uncover the truth? Oof, How God, can you not? So you can't resist clever. that. Yeah, Blurb, can you? So you can't resist, a and challenge. you really do have to read between the lines because there's no narrator or narration here. It's predominantly emails that are sent between the suspects, and then occasionally eye messages between Femi and Charlotte, who have been tasked by their boss, a senior partner at the law firm. Plus a few news articles scattered in there. Mm. And as a result, there's no chapters and it is mm. impossible to put down. It's bite-sized content and we are bloody here I'm for it. I'm so here for it. And you sold it to me as a book where we have like clues to work out crime. And you weren't wrong because it it wasn't what I was expecting but to be fair, I'm not entirely sure what I was expecting. <laughs> it was just such an original way of structuring crime fiction through messages and emails. And I found the whole thing just so addictive. It was like playing Cluedo on your own. And I think because it was all done through emails, there wasn't a huge amount of character development, was there? No, you're so that's so true. Mm, but everyone's personalities came through really clearly yeah. from their emails. Yeah. Like I was thinking back and I have such a vivid image of each of the characters, but I don't think they were ever really described. So true, because why would they be? Yeah. It's only one character who's described a few oh, times who? as Mousy. Oh. But, but other than that, it's just up to you to think about whatever they look like. And I also loved that there were some characters who emails weren't shared so you had to draw your own ideas of those people based on the other people's emails to them yeah for example we have to work out if the character of sam is really as friendly with izzy as izzy makes out because izzy's emails are so over the top friendly <laughs> and insecure oh ha- actually you texted me saying there was a character annoying you and i'm i'm gonna assume it was her surely izzy wound me up <laughs> so damn much <laughs> oh but bless her but I towards was- the end of the book yeah i i did actually grow to like her but at the beginning i was like i'm not sure how much of her i can tolerate um uh, but she did add a lot of comical moments to the book particularly um when she was asked to write some minutes for one of their committee fundraising committee meetings and she didn't actually know what minutes was so she like you see this email of her being asked to take minutes and her response is like yes i'd I'd be honored to blah 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 and then in the next email she's emailing her friend being like so i don't i've been asked to take minutes but i don't really know what that means do i just have to buy a watch and keep, (laughs) keep track of the time and then you see the minutes she's written up after the meeting and they're just full it's just a stream of consciousness from her and it's she hasn't not minutes it's not all. minutes she's just like putting her own opinions around what everyone's saying um and that bit really made me chuckle yeah actually. i loved that especially since in my job working for a charity i manage external committees so i'm at fundraising committee meetings <laughs> so to read izzy's thoughts on it i was like hmm, okay yeah she's um definitely made that up but do you know who I really want to? Who? Maybe as a result of sympathising with her on these committee meetings. Yeah. Sarah Jane. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At first, I was like, oh, she's such a douche. She's so rude. She's a douche. But actually, she's shit hot on top of everything. And I came to really warm to her, even in her marriage, actually. At first, I thought she was just like barking orders to her husband to like pick up yeah, their same. son via email. But then actually, as it goes on, you can see that actually with him, she lets her guard down and they're a bit jokey and they even swear in emails yeah, that to is each true. other. But like to everyone else, she's a twat. Because she just wants to get shit done. Me and SJ, we went on a journey. You both get shit yeah. done. You're, yeah. you're both that sort yeah, of person, I love aren't her. you? Uh, the whole thing was a journey, you know? <laughs> the first, So the first 300 pages, there's clearly some shady things going on. Shady shit. And it's all about setting the scene and the build-up yeah. and character backgrounds. And actually, I forgot I was reading a crime novel. I was just having a really nice time getting to know all these eccentric characters. Yeah, I almost felt a little bit overwhelmed at the beginning because... I was like, okay, w- w- I'm I'm here. I'm I've accepted my assignment. I'm ready right. to go. Where is this evidence? Like, what am I stepping into? Like, there's a lot of conversations going on here. What do I need to remember? And then, I- so I got lost in that. You were obviously there for you were there for the task. DCI quality. Hundred percent. I was up for it. And I was like, look at all my new friends in my fundraising committee. <laughs> I was I was just like. Bullshit, bullshit, chatter, chatter. Where's the evidence, guys? We need to. I'm in my head. I'd like my pin board and my detective. I feel know. like we'd make really good detective partners. Yeah, I think we'd we'd bring two different sides to yeah. to the. Um, yeah, if this all goes south, let's start I our mean, own PI firm. It is my dream job. I know. Um, and I really liked how the like the last quarter of the book is really. Just Femi and Charlotte, who, as Jess mentioned, are the two people, like, assigned to solve the case. And it's, like, their messages going back and forth, recapping everything. And they've, like, jotted down all of the evidence that they think is really relevant. So it really helps bring the reader along on the journey of noticing, okay, if you missed it, these are the bits that you needed to take note of. Yeah, and actually their boss says in certain things... Go back and read XXX and yeah. see if you feel differently. And I thought that was so clever. Totally. It's it's very clever. They point out the bits that we maybe missed. Um, and just helps you, like, go on the journey with them. Yeah. It's, really... it's just like, if, like me, you were there enjoying reading all the emails, then this bit, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was given a task, actually. Thanks <laughs> for recapping it all for me and reminding me who said what and what happened here and bringing me back in I'm ready I've got my magnifying glass and my notebook out yeah Mm. and the fact that they were all part of an amateur drama group as well and they were all just a little bit obsessed with themselves and up for the gossip yeah I love that and do you know what else was so good about it that was I mean it's a pretty common trope in crime Mm. is that it was set in a small town and so like, so the only soaps I watch are Home and Away and Neighbours. I've watched them all my life. I have no intention of stopping, so <laughs> don't come at me. Uh, and I'm always like, God, how does so much drama happen in these small communities? But it's perfect because everyone is a busybody who knows everyone and there's all these interlinked relationships. So for crime, it makes it just makes the story so much better. And I really like this quote towards the um, end of the book that I've pulled out where 
Uh, okay. Uh, in a small community such as this, the social hierarchy is strict, allegiances are strong, and grudges magnified. Strangers are regarded as suspicious, and you are judged by who your friends are. In such a microcosmic world, normal rules normal rules do not automatically apply. Mm, that is very true. So true. Like they're all just so obsessed with what's going on and who's you know who and blah 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 that like you can get all of these clues out of it. Oh my god, I can't believe that I didn't just make this, I've only just made this connection. But this month I also read If We Were Villains by ML Rio and it's a very similar concept. It's about oh. a drama group what? <laughs> and one of them dies. And all of the other, um, like, amateur dramatics are suspects. And it was fucking brilliant. It was much darker than The Appeal. Okay. And it was, up front, you're told in who which of them went to prison and in the case of the appeal you're you aren't told who went to prison so at the beginning you're told that it's oliver who's just served a 10-year prison sentence for a crime for a murder he may or may not have committed and it's like set on the day of his release so he leaves prison and meets up with the detective of the case and they return back to the scene of the crime and Oliver promises the detective that for like the first time he's just going to come clean because the detective's just retired and he was like this is the case that's like kept me up all night and I still think about it all the time and I need to know what happened so then it's like a series of Oliver like going back in time to tell you exactly how it happened and all of these um, they were all students at this really prestigious theatre school and studying Shakespeare and they all just got really into their characters and what was the show was it Macbeth it was Macbeth obviously but th- that's were, a stabby Joe kind of yeah but there were a few like Shakespeare plays but they were always like typecast in the same role uh, so like yeah. one of them always played the villain the sexy girl always played like the uh, the really the like girl. seductive woman <laughs> and um, so like they became they would played these characters so often that when they weren't on stage they were still their characters so things get out of hand one night and one of them dies so I can't believe I've only just made that connection that I've read pretty much two books and in fact I've read them back to back (laughs) (laughs) and they're both set around like an amateur dramatic theatre group one of them dies well I guess they're pretty different because yeah. The appeal, actually, we could have even talked about in our How to Kill Your Family episode because it's slightly cosy crime. Yeah, it? it's it's more light hearted. There are yeah. moments of humour, whereas if we were villains, it's very dark. That sounds really good. I was honestly. Hang on, how many stars did you? Get? I think I gave it five. I think stars. you gave it five. Whenever you read a book and then I read your review, I'm always so. so no, I'm always so buzzing when you do five stars. I'm like, yes, Lauren, you found a five star book. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so that's obviously a reco. The appeal, is that a reco from you? 100%, yes. And can you believe that this is Janice Hallett's first book? Oh, I'm 100% reading whatever I, It's crazy. I'm, I'm really interested to see what, like, what direction she takes her next book in. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, we're here for it. Janice, sign us up. Put <laughs> um, us on your mailing list. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. On to the next book that we both read. 
Dun, dun, dun. Uh, in fact, so you read the, um, We Are Villains, is that what it's called? You I read did. that straight after. I read this next one, Risk of Harm, straight after, because mm-hmm. I'm an absolute crime junkie this month. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Risk of Harm by Lucy Whitehouse. Yes, and it's actually part of a series, which we didn't realise. We didn't realise. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We came in, obviously, where we are now in the, her most recent book, but it becomes apparent when you're reading the first few pages that the... DCI Robin Lyons is someone who's had a few cases beforehand. Yeah. Because when you read a series, those first that first chapter always kind of recaps what mm. happens to bring you up to speed because they might be a year apart. Yeah. So equally, we hadn't read them, but we were up to speed. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So we can we we were just able to pick up and follow along, and I think when her next book comes out, if she continues the series i would just pick up from where we've left off yeah well i guess we can't because she summarizes what happens for the benefit yeah. of the people in the series we know what happens in the previous books so yeah yeah but i'm here for the next one mm. all right look we've, we've already talked a little bit about this so lauren hit it with the synop so robin Lyons is back in her hometown of birmingham and now a dci with force homicide working directly under samir the man who broke her heart almost 20 years ago when a woman is found stabbed to death in a derelict factory and no one comes forward to identify the body robin and her team must not only hunt for the murderer but also solve the mystery of who their victim might be as Robin and Samir come under pressure from their superiors, from the media and the far-right nationalists with a dangerous agenda, tensions in Robin's own family threaten to reach breaking point. And when a cold case from decades ago begins to smoulder and another woman is found dead in similar circumstances, rumours of a serial killer begin to spread. In order to get to the truth, Robin will need to discover where loyalty ends and duty begins. But before she can trust... She is going to have to forgive. And what? And that means grappling with some painful home truths. I hadn't read that sentence out loud before. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I always put you on the spot with a synop. <laughs> anyway, before you started reading it before I did, I and did. you told me that it was giving you line of duty vibes. And like from that synopsis alone, you can kind of tell. Um, also, mm. I think because you had said that to me, I pictured Robin as. Kate from Line of Duty. Oh, interesting. I imagined her a little bit more... Oh, mumsy. Yeah. Well, yeah, because Kate Slightly is a mum, but she... In Line of... I mean, oh, God, what if people haven't watched Line of Duty? Kate is a mum in Line of Duty, but she's yeah. not mumsy. But she's not mumsy, <laughs> I'll yeah. say no more. <laughs> she's, like, really cool and edgy, whereas I didn't see Robin as an edgy character. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. like really worldly though. Yeah. Do you, and you're so right about Line of Duty vibes because any time they said, for the benefit of the tape, or for the tape. <laughs> yeah, the suspect is nodding. Yeah, and I was all those right back. anagrams and acronyms. Acronyms. Acronyms, that's it. <laughs> um, I, was like, I was so here for it. I just bring me bring me into your world. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I should have played Risk of Harm Bingo. You know, the final of Line of Duty. My boyfriend played Line of Duty Bingo. It was so good. When there was that really long beep on the tape that they always have. (laughs) So annoying. I think that got me a line of bingo. So it was like the sweetest long beep ever. Loved it. (laughs) So when we read the next book in this series, we'll play Bingo. Love it. Yes. Good idea. And Jess, I just realised I haven't told you my reading experience of a chunk of this book. Oh. Yeah. So... Intrigued. Where's this going? <laughs> Basically, 
I got stood up on a date. What? Yeah, seriously. I've ne- that's never happened to me before. No. Um, and in my head, that line from Friends was just replaying in my No, head. no. He did not turn to you and go. Is that what you're going to say? No. Are you afraid he... Arrived. Okay, saw you on that. <laughs> um, yeah, this absolute douchebag. I should have known he was a douchebag to begin with. There were a few red flags in our chat. Um, we went to, well... He told me to go to this really swanky bar in Mayfair and he just didn't turn up. Yeah. So, as all the waiters were coming over to me like, are you okay? I thought, fuck it. I've got my book with me. I ordered a glass of wine and I sat for an hour and read my book. Yeah, you're a classy lady who takes her book out for a drink to a wine bar in Mayfair. That is just your life. Like, no one needs to know. You're just a classy lady. So I actually got through a big chunk of it that evening and obviously blocked the guy. Obviously. I'm not, I'm not interested in your excuses mate no it was ne- if he's that kind of person it was never going to be a good date anyway like totally. a date with your book was going to always be one thousand <laughs> times better totally and i was so engrossed in it and <laughs> just like with the appeal i had my mission and you had your mission <laughs> and actually with the character of kev so kev um if you've not read the book is sort of like the love interest of robin in this book yeah they're like friends with benefits aren't they yeah, but I mean, I imagined him as this really sexy man. In fact, I had him in my mind as Jeffrey Dean. I don't know who that is, Lauren. So he plays Denny in Grey's Anatomy, and he's like this really beefy guy. Okay. I mean, sweet FA to me because I don't watch Grey's. <laughs> I think he's in something else as well. He's in quite a big like movie. He's married to Hilary Barton. Um, but that's who I imagined him as. Right. Like, this really, like, beefy, worldy guy who's, like, a bit rough around the edges, well, but actually really sexy. I picked up on rough because I pictured him as, like, Phil Mitchell. No! <laughs> Absolutely And I don't know why, because he's never described that way. <laughs> but, no, I can't... Even when a character... This sounds so shallow, but even when a character of, like, a love interest is described as someone who I don't find particularly attractive. I just change them. You just imagine it. Yeah, I can't imagine a Phil Mitchell. I'm sorry. Okay, that's right. I'm really sorry I ever said that. (laughs) I actually feel like if your date had turned up, you'd have been like, shh, I'm having some alone time with I'm sorry, but you're interrupting. (laughs) I want to don't be intruding right now. We're in the middle of something here. Oh, I just really like Kev. I thought you meant my date. (laughs) No, he's a twat. He can absolutely do one. For sure. Like, actually, do you know what? This conversation that we've already had about the book kind of sums up my reading experience because it's a crime book. There's, There's two deaths that happen and lo- and lots of other little unsolved uh, pieces going on. But yeah. actually, I wasn't really thinking about trying to solve the case. I was more invested in Robin's personal life and all Where of the stuff you? that was going on with Lenny and all these other characters. Yeah. Which is rare for me because I'm always constantly trying to figure it out as soon really? as possible. So I found, like, the plot really, really, really sped up in, in the end. Like, the last... Yeah. I'd say 50 pages. The plot just went like at 100 miles an hour and loads of like. Yeah, info I think that's quite forward. common with crime. Quite common. And I don't really mind that. I really like crime books, which are really heavily focused on the investigation process because, as 
as you of know, of course, I, Detective Frost. <laughs> exactly, like my alter ego is a DCI, so like I, I am at home here. Yeah, you're like scenario. I'm just sat at my desk working out this crime in the office with all <laughs> like all billing the my hours to, <laughs> to the Met Police. Um, so I, by no re- means, think the ending was rushed, but the pace certainly stepped up towards the end. Yeah, which bringing it back to Line of Duty, <laughs> kind of same. Oh my god, yeah. How long were we looking for H? And then all of a sudden he came out of nowhere. Six series or something. (laughs) Bloody hell. It was, yeah, it was really good. Like, I, um, it covers, so I'd recently read a book that again was about like a missing girl or a murdered girl or whatever. Mm. And especially after the year we've had, it's just always touches a nerve to read about. And like, because, um, Robin is a woman she um early on when they find their Jane Doe if you will there's a quote where someone else refers to her as a wife or daughter like oh this this dead person is a wife or daughter Mm. and Robin says wives and daughters does it help him imagine that women are relevant in some way as though like a dead girl isn't sad on its own she has to belong to a a husband or a or a father's daughter or whatever do you know what I mean yeah that's true I didn't pick that quote yeah um, I thought it was really interesting now you said that I've realised that at no point in the investigation did Robin or any of the police assume or suggest even that the killer could be a woman they just always said oh, yeah. he's done this or the 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 man we're looking for is likely to be like XYZ and that really struck me because I was like oh that's oh have you watched oh crap what's it called it's got Jonathan Groff in it who played Jesse in Glee and it's called oh, I think it's called Mindhunters and it's about oh, how no, it's it's true but or based on true events and it's how they figured out who like the pattern of serial killers and so they kind of create this almost character profile of what a serial killer is yeah and so I'm thinking maybe the character of a serial killer is Oh, definitely. It it definitely is. But I just thought, like, it's interesting that they never at once, like, added that background into the plot. Like, for the reader to know that serial killers are most often men. But that doesn't mean women can't be. They can't be. There have been Do you know what I always think? Because of being in a family where, like, a lot of times when we travelled, there's been a baby... Like you don't have your, you can take through like baby bottles, oh, and right. they and, and you know you're not allowed to take liquids through, but you're yeah. allowed to take baby bottles, and I think they like token sniff them or something or look at them. Yeah. And I always think, do you know what? Like if I was going to commit a crime, that's how I do it. I'd probably just have a baby and then like smuggle things under the buggy or in the milk <laughs> bottle because no one suspects them. Let's hope no um, potential terrorists. <laughs> Good uh, thing I'm not planning any crimes or else you, detective, will solve it and all these listeners will know. Got some tips there if um, you're yeah. looking for yeah. how to do yeah. You didn't hear it here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jess, hit us with our next book. Okay. Oh, last but definitely not least. I'm excited for this book for you. Thank you. I'm so excited for this. Um, last but definitely not least, 
Holly Jackson's wonderful YA crime series. So there are three books plus a mini little prequel. The first book is A Good Girl's Guide to Murder and it follows model student Pip as she unravels a murder case that has been closed for five years. The culprit of the crime is no longer alive and his family are living in shame. And as part of a school project, she starts to unpick the events to see if there was more at play. Mm. And in the second book, Good Girl, Bad Blood, we see Pip being asked by her close friend to help in a missing persons case that the police aren't willing to investigate. And of course, because Pip is inquisitive, but also fiercely good friend with strong morals, she can't not help. And then there's Killjoy, which is a little... 100 page prequel oh. that was brought out on World Book Day 2021. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, that you know, sometimes authors do that and like for World Book Day. And yeah, it's a so was it a pre-treat to the first book? Yeah, the whole series. The whole so series. I guess okay. if you've never read the series, you could read Killjoy. Oh my God, yeah. And then all of them. Maybe if you're not sure you want to invest in a three-part series, read the prequel first. Yeah. I mean, at the time it was a pound. Like, that's the kind of offer they do on World Book Days. Amazing. Um, but I don't know if it still is a pound because obviously I like, pre-ordered it. But worth checking it. out if you're interested in the series, right? Yeah. So I read those first two back-to-back and it was last summer I read them both and the second one ends in like a bit of a cliffhanger and I remember when I posted my review I was like this definitely leads to a third one but it hadn't been confirmed at the time and Pip is just the perfect protagonist she's funny brave she's a really hard worker she's an incredibly good friend and I just adored getting to know her and I actually didn't realize how much I missed her until I picked up the third book a year later like I just I just love her. Have you ever had that with a character where you, like, miss them? Jessica, I regularly think about Alice from a season. Oh, I even knew that and I forgot. (laughs) Right, hang on, hang on, hang on. It was, like, one of those cosy Christmas books. I think we need to do an episode on it at (laughs) Christmas time because I'm already planning to reread it. I'm not even joking. I miss the characters so much that... The other day, I kid you not, I'm not lying. I thought, oh, I can't wait to read, reread a season in the snow at Christmas. <laughs> Honestly, like it is a really gorgeous book. It's super lovely, but you know, like some books, they just really leave their mark on you. Alice, I, I, I didn't think season in the snow was going to be one of them. And honestly, like once a month, you'll text me like, wonder what Alice is doing. <laughs> all the time like her relationship with her dog is just so special oh yeah there is a little cutie and then they just went to like the swiss alps and like the whole setting was just so idyllic and i think it's because i'm reading it during a fucking lockdown when there was a potential that i wouldn't even see anyone at christmas time and then i read this book and oh my god yeah the the characters they're they're with me they are like i strong confirm that Lauren is obsessed with season in the snow I'm really excited for you to read again I'm really happy for you I can't wait and already a friend has been like can I borrow that that book and I've been like no No. it's too precious my mum still has mine and I'm pretty sure she hasn't read it yet my mum she's going to have to wait my mum read it well yeah because we both did a mum records and my mum failed my mum she was like 
20 pages in and she just started crying on the other side of the room and I was like what and she was like you didn't tell me it was really sad oh so is your mum thinking about Alice all this time as well maybe maybe we both need to like have a little regroup together and think about a joint read my mum's failing so so your mum can have my mum's did she not read it did Anne not read it I'm pretty sure she didn't. She read something that I gave her. Maybe she did read it. Maybe I'm so- she read she the flash there. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah, and then she got a bit excited about reading my books. And if you look at my library book recorder that I have in my oh. in my office, she has not checked back in a season in the snow. Anne. So Anne, if you're listening, Helen's getting the book now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a buddy read with my mom. <laughs> Right, anyway, not a crime book <laughs> at, at all. all. Let's get back onto recent crime reads, recent crime reads, recent crime reads, recent crime reads, recent crime reads. Recent crime <laughs> reads. I'm so good at tongue twisters. And that's after you've had two glasses of wine. Well done, I'm, I'm I, I told you, I'm so... Do you know what else I'm really boastful about? How slow my pulse is. I really love it when people look at my Fitbit and they see that my resting heartbeat is 50. Right, should we have a look at both our heart rates right now? I'm also quite showy-offy about how good my eyesight is. I'll be like, watch me read that sign that's all the way over <laughs> Right, show me your heart rate. Tell me what it is. Well, I'm a bit hyped up about being yes, excited. So but usually, my resting is 50. Fucking hell. Oh, I'm so hyped up right now. I'm at 68. I'm 99, mate. Maybe we're all hyped up about season in the snow. Let's regroup at the end and check okay. our heart rate. <laughs> yes! But equally, I love talking about a good girl's guide to murder, so I might still be hyped up you at will 68. Be. You will be. So give us a bit more on a good girl's okay. guide to murder. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll bring it back in. <laughs> rain it in. Rain it in. <laughs> okay so that was i've really i don't this book is so highly anticipated by so many people just like me so i bought it from a bookshop it's nomad books that i bought it from and when i bought it they asked me if i'd like a bag and i said oh no thanks i'm gonna read it immediately (laughs) and then i was one of those annoying people that walks down the street reading a book like that's how excited i I was enough as it is yeah i don't actually know how i managed it I, I've just been excited. I just like even if I fell so over and broke my arm, it would have been so worth it. <laughs> You'd have some precious time in A and E to read. catching up on it. Oh my god, so true. <laughs> anyway, so I don't. I'm not going to go too deep into the plot because if there's people that have been really excited for it and haven't yeah. finished it yet or Hence. whatever, like I'm just not going to go too deep into the plot. But I'm going to give you a warning. Oh, that it's going to make you want to read book one and two and maybe even the prequel again oh really yeah to like see what you missed <gasps> so the premise of the third book lauren here's my copy thank you read the synop for everybody oh thanks this is my first time <laughs> okay pip fits a moby a moby a moby is haunted by her last investigation but soon uh, but soon a new case finds her and this time it's all about pip she has a stalker, one who keeps asking, who will look for you when you're the one who disappears? Fuck me, that's mm-hmm. dark. Pip soon discovers a connection between her stalker and a local serial killer, but the police refuse to act. As the dangerous game plays out, it's clear that if Pip doesn't find the answers, she's as good as dead. I like what they did there. As good as dead? Do you know what? I? Smart. You don't even know what happens to me when... The name of a book. You is love in it so much. <laughs> I love it so much when you're reading a page and all of a sudden the title of the book is there. Like where the crawdads sing. I wasn't really expecting yeah. it in the text and then it was there. And oh did my. you notice it in a risk of harm? What? Yeah, we mentioned it in a risk of harm. I almost texted you actually, but I was like, oh no, she hasn't started the oh, book yet. Bollocks! I'm <laughs> sad at myself <laughs> because honestly, anytime like uh, 
anytime it happens yeah i'm just so buzzing i know it's a bit like it gives me like a little bit of a thrill yeah i love it i'm like i found it even though it, uh, it's in the book and everyone is reading it so yeah love that that's on the blurb as good as dead oh my god um oh god it's so good it's so like i said it will make you want to read the others because it kind of links back to everything and it like regroups it all and you you if like me you feel like you already know the characters really well like they are your close personal friends but this book gives them so much more that you didn't oh, even nice. you didn't even know that these characters needed it but there's just so much more depth to them they've oh got God. a lot more to give yeah are you sad that it's over yeah yeah I'm but also really excited for what holly jackson does next well for sure do you yeah. think she'll stick to crime She'd be a fool not to because she's so good at it. <laughs> so good at yeah. it. Yeah. And it's another one that's set um, in a small town, small town vibes. It really works. Oh, we love it. Yeah. We love it. The Appeal, small town. However, A Risk of Harm, that was set in a bit... Well, it was set in a city. It was set in And do you know what? They didn't have as long a list of suspects as The Appeal and... Well, Holly yeah, Jackson less, series do. They've yeah. got loads of suspects. So for like in um, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder particularly all throughout the book like some of the pages are pip's notes and she'll oh, like I love she keeps that. a list of like who her suspects are and sometimes she'll like cross one out when she's okay. had an interview with them she's like okay no not them and like there's little and like she'll like draw a map and like time routes to see how fast they are and things like that so like they she like both of those books clear list of suspects but risk yeah. of harm they don't actually have any concrete suspects for a lot of the book they don't at city all flat 80% of the book yeah you need the small town vibes but equally I kind of liked that Risk of Harm didn't have a clear list of stuff sometimes you're a bit like oh well yeah. it's obviously going to be one of these ones yeah. whereas Risk of Harm you're like what the fuck is going on are these two murders linked at all or are we just assuming it's a serial killer I did really like that about Risk of Harm I really liked that too actually because they were like two days apart very similar women but one was clearly identifiable, one wasn't. Yeah. So you're like, oh, how are they linked? Yeah. Do you know what's really great? So yes, we have read three, well, you've read four, crime books in one month. But they've all been, like, one was a YA. Yeah. One was kind of cosy. One was more about, like, life as a detective more than the crime. Yeah. They've all been completely different. That is very true. But all crime. But all crime. And would you say the appeal was YA or... No. No. Well, I... I I guess, like, young adult could read it. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, like, good Holly Jackson series is YA. It's all teenagers. Like, Like the main characters. characters. Oh, got you. Teenagers. Like, in the third book, Pip's off to... Like, about to go off to uni. Like, that kind of age. Uh, A lot of it's about... Kind of school drama and, like, parties and things like that. Got you. Um... But equally, like, a teenager could read any of these books. Like, they're all fine. Mm. Yeah. Love it. Oh, what a great month. Who great knew? month. Who and knew? so unexpected. There was hot crime summer. We loved it. <laughs> Love how you're trying to make that a thing. It's not a thing. Stop trying to make that happen. We're not calling this episode recent crimes, recent crimes, recent crimes, recent crimes, recent crimes. We're calling it hot crime summer. <laughs> we'll see about that. We're giving you a chance to win an August Books That Matter box, which has a hot book summer theme. It's full of goodies to give you the perfect summer reading experience with a 
copy of His Only Wife by Peace Alzo Magic. There are two ways to enter. If, like me, you get your podcasts on Apple, then subscribe, leave a rating and review, and make sure you use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. And if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast and share a screenshot on your Instagram stories and tag at BookReco so we can count your entry that way. Entries for the August box are open until Monday the 30th of August, and the winner will be announced on our Instagram on Wednesday the 1st of September. Remember, if you're listening to this at a later date, then you won't be entered into the current month's box, but good news, it's a monthly competition, so we'll enter you into whatever the month is that you're listening thank you very much for listening see you next week